This is episode 13 of the Eco Warriors podcast featuring Anastasia Allison from Kula Cloth. You're listening to the Eco Warriors podcast featuring inspiring stories from women in green business, sustainability, and conservation. Here's your host, Barbara Lee. I love discovering new and innovative products on the market, especially when they can help solve some really interesting problems for the planet. One thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is how much toilet paper we use every day. I made the switch to bamboo toilet paper for a more sustainable option, but it really sucks that we're still flushing 28 pounds of paper down the toilet every year as every individual American. My next solution was a bidet, which can really help with hygiene and cutting down the amount of toilet paper that you use. Still, not everyone has access to clean water, and water is still a limited resource. This is why I was so interested to come across Anastasia Allison's company, Kula Cloth. Kula Cloths are antimicrobial, multi-use cloths designed to be used to wipe after you pee. What most intrigued me is not only that Kula Cloth is a great solution for those of us who go outdoors a lot, but that it could also be used at home to easily replace toilet paper. Anastasia lovingly refers to Kula Cloths as pee cloths, and she shares with us her amazing journey to founding her company including a near-death experience that helped her shake out of her slump and live the life that she wanted. Let's jump in. Hey, Anastasia, welcome to the Eco Warriors podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Can you tell the audience who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, so I am the founder of a small company called Kula Cloth. Kula Cloth is an antimicrobial pee cloth for anybody who squats when they pee. Uh, I'm a former park ranger and backpacking instructor turned railroad police officer for a short while turned entrepreneur. <laughs> and so it's been sort of a interesting road to get to this point, but I have been working with Kula for I believe it's over three years now, and that's now my full-time job. Wow, that's some history. How did Kula Cloth get started? And where did the inspiration for creating a pea cloth come from? Yeah, so about, oh my goodness, I think it was in 2008, I was a park ranger, and I ended up having the opportunity to teach a beginner's backpacking course for a nonprofit called Washington Outdoor Women. And I've continued to teach for them every year for almost a decade now. And um, I missed a couple years in there due to COVID. But I started teaching backpacking. And at some point on my own personal backpacking journey, I remember I was in this stunningly beautiful location in the Alpine Lakes Wilderness. And I walked around this larch tree and there lo and behold was just a gigantic pile of discarded toilet paper and it's really disgusting to find that in this beautiful alpine setting and i remember thinking to myself there just has to be a better way than people just dumping their toilet paper on the ground and i went home after that trip and i googled leave no trace options for toilet paper and this blog post came up talking about using a pea cloth and the particular article that i read suggested using like a piece of an old t-shirt or a bandana and basically just using it to wipe off after you pee thus reducing not only any toilet paper that anybody would discard which i never did i always packed it out but reducing the amount of toilet paper you were carrying and 
putting you in a situation where you could be more comfortable in the backcountry because I had tried the drip drying method and let's face it, let's face it, like dry is a misnomer. It's more like you're going to end up feeling like a swamp no matter what, <laughs> especially, especially on like multiple day trips. Uh, you know, like on a, a day hike, it's tolerable, but I was at the time I was doing these long extended, you know, four or five, six up to 10 day trips out in the backcountry, and your hygiene definitely is something you need to pay attention to because over the course of extended period of time, it could cause some real issues hiking out. Yeah, I can see where it's super useful in the outdoors, though the way that I saw a description who the description from someone who reviewed it online was that they were using cooler cloths to help place toilet paper in their house. And I thought that was just genius. You know, I would say that the majority of users probably are using it on day hikes, but there I have people who use it at home. I have people who use it in a van because they are living in their vans and van lifing it. I have people who use coolers on boats or in RVs that might be sensitive to toilet paper in their sort of small little septic systems. Uh, I mean, the applications of times when you could use a cooler is basically like any time you pee, uh, if you don't want to use toilet paper, or don't have access to toilet paper and you have a Kula, you can use it. And I started using a pea cloth after reading that that blog post. And honestly, the idea of using one really grossed me out at first, which is a pretty common reaction. Like that's, I feel like there's phases of like acceptance when it comes to using a pea cloth. It's like the first phase is just like shock and horror. And then you sort of, tilt your head a little bit and you think about the times in which you've been stranded either without toilet paper or when you've had to pack it in and out or whatever it might be. And then you're sort of thinking to yourself like, oh, that might like not be that bad of an idea. And then you try it for yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, how did I ever live without this? And I feel like that's sort of the the evolution of of how people sort of come to accept the idea of a pea cloth. And that's kind of what happened to me is that I tested it out because, and actually I didn't obviously test it with a Kula because I hadn't created the product yet. I just bought some old scrap of fabric. So you're out in the wilderness on these long trips and using rudimentary cloth, but how did this turn into the product that exists today? High on the continental divide in Wyoming in the Wind River Range, it was right at sunset. You know, the colors are just majestic. There's these huge mountains behind me. And there I am at... 12,000 feet attempting to set up this dramatic photograph of my pea cloth like on my trekking pole and I'm doing this I'm like trying to frame the perfect photo and suddenly this idea pops into my head like hey why isn't that a real piece of gear uh I wonder like what would happen if you intentionally designed something to be a pea cloth? Would more people be less squeamish about the idea? Could it open up a conversation around hygiene and leave no trace? And I thought, oh, this is a really good idea. And then I went back to the world away from this backpacking environment and immediately like talked myself out of it. 
And because I looked at like how much it was going to cost and the fact that I convinced myself, well, why would anybody buy this when they could just go buy a scrap of fabric or a bandana? And I kind of told myself that I was being stupid and that all businesses fail. <laughs> like the normal suspects that pop up whenever we have these ideas. It's like instantly all these limiting beliefs show up and they're like, nope, you're going to fail. And, <laughs> and so I just didn't do anything with it. What pushed you over the edge to make the decision to start this company then? It wasn't until about a year and a half later, I sort of had this near death experience that kind of woke me up to the, I guess what I would call the illusory nature of fear that I had manufactured in my own mind. And I realized like, hey, if I'm not afraid in the moment of facing my own mortality, then why am I afraid to go pursue all these other things that actually really excite me in life? And so I started really small, just taking little steps. And lo and behold, a few months later, I was starting to work on a prototype for the product itself. And it's just grown from there and become not just a product, but also a really special community of people that are connected by this piece of gear. And it's really my hope. And it is what happens is that when you see somebody else on the trail with a Kula, there's like an instant connection that you have with that person. And that is something that excites me. The idea that more people are outside adventuring more comfortably, um, more respectfully of nature and connecting with others to me is sort of like, okay, mission accomplished. <laughs> Can you talk a bit more about this life and death moment that happened? We were driving home. It was a perfectly clear day. We were leaving Stevens Pass here in Washington State. Uh, and no like issues on the pass. It was open with no restrictions, but it was about 10 or 15 degrees out. And I was driving our truck home. And as we were heading back to the Everett area, uh, the truck that I was driving, it hit a patch of black ice that I didn't see. And we essentially spun out in the highway into the path of an oncoming semi-truck. Oh my gosh, yikes. And to this day, like, I honestly, like, cannot explain how I walked away. To me, felt like some sort of a miracle um, because I, yeah, it, it just was kind of a remarkable occurrence that's a lot, Anastasia. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Going back to Kula Cloth a little bit, what is the actual product made out of and what is the environmental impact of the product? I know it's got an absorbent layer and that the other side is quick dry, so I was kind of curious about whether or not it can be recycled at end of life. The product itself, if you, once you are done using it or you feel that it's sort of reached the end of its life, I sort of compare Kula's to, to some a product like socks, right? Like everybody has socks and then at the end of their life, you, socks sort of get to a certain point where you or like, okay, this pair of socks is, is now done. <laughs> I can't use them anymore. Um, and a Kula, when used properly and cared for properly, I have Kulas that I have been using for three years now, and they're still just fine and 
like functioning perfectly. And so as long as you're caring for it, um, I hand wash mine. I'm really gentle with the snaps, like snapping it and unsnapping it. I'm holding on to the snaps. I'm not like ripping the fabric. Um, you, there's no reason why one Kula couldn't last you for years, but at the end of its life cycle, you can take the Kula to a, a facility that does textile recycling and they will be able to recycle the product. Um, when I was choosing the materials for the product itself, the main things that came into play were durability and, um, and just functionality because you don't want to have something that just doesn't function because then you're just going to create a product that nobody uses. So the product itself, it's all manufactured, including the fabric within the United States, um, which I think is a big part of it being sustainable. That's great. Thanks for breaking that down for us. And I do hope that you find a way to recycle them in the future. You know, I have not thought about that. Um, I on, on our website, I think that at some point I indicate to people that they can look into textile recycling, but I would definitely be open to that if I could figure out some sort of, I guess you'd call it reverse supply chain logistics. Um, right now, our office space is so small and the amount of people working for me is very, very little. Um, and so, but I'm in the process right now of beginning to search for a more permanent home for Kula. And I think that once we have a facility where we could really receive things and get that set up, that would actually be really exciting. As long as I have to throw in a disclaimer, like if you're going to send a Kula back, at least like wash it first, please. <laughs> Anastasia, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having such a great conversation with me. We hope you enjoyed this inspiring episode hearing about Anastasia's journey to founding Kula Cloth. We could have talked for hours about this topic, but I hope that you'll give the product a try. Join us again next week when we'll be debuting our first video podcast episode. If the content we create makes an impact for you, consider supporting the show by reviewing and rating us on your favorite podcast player or becoming a sponsor on anchor.fm slash podcast. See you again next week. Stay green. The Ikai Warriors podcast is produced and hosted by Barbara Lee. Research assistance by Belinda Chu. Thanks for listening. For more inspiration, follow us on Instagram at Eco Warriors Podcast.